With just one week to go, it was anybody's guess who would come out on top in the 2020 Iowa Democratic caucuses. The U.S. senators running for president were trying to pack a lot into that weekend. They had to get back to Washington for another week as jurors in President Donald Trump's impeachment trial. Senator Amy Klobuchar arguably had the most to lose, given her low but rising poll numbers in Iowa. It is great to be here. As you know, uh, at midnight, I turn into a pumpkin. At an event in Ames, Klobuchar told reporters she had hoped to hit all of Iowa's 99 counties again ahead of February 3rd. That's not happening anymore. Senator Bernie Sanders told a crowd in Perry it was up to campaign volunteers to continue the momentum. A month ago... A couple of weeks ago, I would not have told you that I would be spending the last week of the campaign in Washington, D.C. And Senator Elizabeth Warren had picked up the endorsement of the Des Moines Register editorial board. I'm out here making the best case I can. I'm talking to people all across Iowa when I can be here. And I love this. This is how democracy should work. Polls still showed a fluid race in Iowa. Candidates like former Vice President Joe Biden, former South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and entrepreneur Andrew Yang had an advantage. They were among the Democrats who could spend that week leading up to the caucuses actually campaigning here in the final stretch. I'm Kate Payne. I'm Clay Masters. From the newsroom of Iowa Public Radio, this is Caucus Land. I literally lay awake at night analyzing the pros and cons of each, and it kind of shifts. Iowan Lisa Bannett was still trying to decide between Klobuchar, Warren, and Biden a week out. I'm really interested in who's going to perform well in the important electoral college states. Others were totally committed, like Kayana Top, who came to see Sanders and Perry and is caucusing for the Vermont senator. I've never caucused before. I've always been an independent voter, so this year I'm like, I want to caucus. I made sure on my voter registration I did it as a Democrat. Others, like Nancy Dayton, were gaming out their caucus night strategies. I'm going to go with Yang first, but I don't think he'll be viable, and then I'm going to go probably with Warren. But overwhelmingly, Iowa Democrats like Jerry Voss were consumed with the question of who can beat President Trump. I'm leaning towards Biden, to tell you the truth, because of electability. And I have some qualms about him, but it's that's that would be my primary issue. But there's more at stake here than just the Democratic nomination. There's always a big debate about whether Iowa should be first. And it depends on who the president winds up being. After a short break, we'll talk about where things stand just days before caucus night and what these results could mean moving forward. Caucus Land is sponsored by Gravitate Coworking and by Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, where students get a first-in-the-nation, hands-on experience with the political process every election cycle. Explore interdisciplinary learning at cornellcollege.edu. This is Caucus Land from Iowa Public Radio. As we record this episode, we are just days away from having actual results in the Iowa caucuses. This thing we've been talking about for so long is actually going to happen. The top four candidates in Iowa have been trading the lead for months. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg have remained on top. Amy Klobuchar and Andrew Yang have been fighting their way towards that top tier. Meanwhile, billionaires Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg have been spending some of their fortunes on running ads. Steyer has been making a go of Iowa. Bloomberg is pretty much skipping the state. To understand what could play out on February 3rd, we're going to take a look back at some big moments in this campaign and see what they told us about where we're heading. 
Democratic presidential candidates have been setting up shop and organizing in Iowa for the better part of the year. But it was in the fall of 2019 when those Iowans who were thinking about caucusing started actually taking notice. And it's when we got a better idea of how the race might shake out. One of the biggest weekends of the cycle was in late September at the Polk County Steak Fry. Some were calling it the Coachella of the Iowa caucuses. It took place on a sprawling 1,500-acre park in Des Moines. Seventeen candidates took turns flipping steaks on the grill and then giving speeches to a crowd of 12,000 people. Like much of the Iowa caucus campaign, a lot of it is just putting on a good show. The campaigns all have pre-event rallies on the grounds where many march or dance in with their supporters. These events are about the spectacle, but they also give us a look at who's actually getting organized in the state. This was a moment when Pete Buttigieg was really turning some heads. And are you ready to leave behind the reality show in Washington and change the channel to something we can all be proud of? There were a lot of yellow Buttigieg shirts in the crowd that day, and he's just built up his organization since then. Then I'm asking you to join me in making history because I believe that with hope in our hearts and fire in our bellies, we can change the trajectory of this nation and be proud of how we did it. Thank you, Iowa, and I will see you on the campaign trail. Thank you. But it was also a big weekend for Elizabeth Warren, who was still riding a wave of energy out of the Iowa State Fair. And there's another way we can restructure this economy. It's time for a wealth tax in this country. Her call for a two-cent wealth tax had become a rallying cry. So here's how it works. Your first 50 million, free and clear. You feeling relaxed about that? Good. But your 50 millionth and first dollar, you got to pitch in two cents. Later that night, the Des Moines Register put out a poll showing Warren leading for the first time. She's since lost that edge, but has long been seen as having the best organization in the state. But the news dominating headlines that weekend? There were reports that President Trump had asked the leader of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden's son, Hunter. This, of course, has become the heart of the impeachment trial. When the former vice president showed up to the steak fry, he was surrounded by a throng of reporters asking him for comments. Depending on what the, what the House finds, he could be impeached, but I'm not making that judgment now. The House should investigate it. The House should investigate this. This appears to be an overwhelming abuse of power. To get on the phone with a foreign leader who is looking for help from the United States and ask about me and imply things, if that's what happened, That appears to be what happened. We know that's what Giuliani did. This is outrageous. You have never seen anything like this. The impeachment of President Trump would go on to dominate the headlines while candidates continued to campaign in Iowa. And the trial has forced the senators to stay in D.C., pulling them off the trail in the last couple weeks before the caucuses. It's not what any of them thought the final sprint into Iowa would look like. From the get-go, all of these candidates have been trying to recreate the excitement former President Barack Obama did in the state back in 2008. The hope of recapturing that Obama magic was on full display on November 1st during the Liberty and Justice celebration. Formerly called the Jefferson-Jackson Dinner, this is the mother of all cattle calls. These big events that feature speeches from the candidates, one right after another. And it had been known for its make-or-break moments, like in 2007 for Obama. How's it going, Iowa? Oh! Are you fired up? Are you ready to go? 
That night in 2007, six candidates gave speeches. But Obama was facing off against the apparent frontrunner, Hillary Clinton. At that point in the race, Clinton had a commanding lead over Obama, and she was focused on the general election. America is done with the Republicans and their failed policies and their refusal to give America back the future that we deserve. Obama spoke last that night, and when he walked out onto the stage, it was the culmination of months of organizing across the state. That night, he gave a speech that is still seen as one of the defining moments of his career. I don't want to pit red America against blue America. I want to be the president of the United States of America. Obama went on to win the Iowa caucuses and the presidency. Iowa Democratic consultant Jeff Link was in the crowd that night. He says it was clear that Obama understood the political moment. That evening flipped the script on, on, on the rest of that caucus. And I think the Clinton campaign sort of stalled out from that moment forward. And Obama left the room with a ton of energy. And that, that momentum really carried through caucus night. And in 2020, none of the 13 candidates who spoke could recreate that Obama moment. Things have changed since 2008. But sure, supporters still spilled into the streets with every candidate holding their own pre-rally events. Pete Buttigieg had musician Ben Harper opening for him. Don't you let them lead you astray. And entrepreneur Andrew Yang booked Weezer. No, I don't. I'm just a no-class beat-down fool. Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke dropped out just hours before the event. I'm so grateful that I got to run this campaign with you. So proud of everything that every one of you have done. Pete Buttigieg was becoming well-organized and was the first to speak. We will fight when we must fight, but I will never allow us to get so wrapped up in the fighting that we start to think fighting is the point. The point is what lies on the other side of the fight. Elizabeth Warren had a huge presence, too. Anyone who comes on this stage and doesn't understand that we're already in a fight is not the person who is going to win that fight. Joe Biden made his message about the general election. And we must beat him. And I will beat him like a drum if I'm your nominee. And he knows it. He knows it. Entrepreneur Andrew Yang happened to speak right after the former vice president. Now, I want you all to ask yourselves for a moment, how is a man you'd never heard of eight months ago speaking after Joe Biden and before Elizabeth Warren? How did a man you never heard of before raise $10 million last quarter in increments of only $30 each? So my fans are almost as cheap as Bernie's. It is because I know what the true nature of the problems are and how we can solve them. Bernie Sanders gave his standard stump speech and was the only one to use a podium. Brothers, brothers and sisters, good policy is good politics. Now is the time to stand with the working families of our country and end the outrageous level of greed and corruption we see from the corporate elite. 
This was a chance for campaigns to convince Iowans to defend their candidate, like they would need to do on caucus night. A test run, three months out from the caucuses. When 2020 came around, the field had already been cut down significantly. Candidates like Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg were sparring about how much Americans should fight for change. Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden were trading barbs at the top of the polls. Amy Klobuchar was knocking on the door of the top tier. Andrew Yang was going all in on Iowa during the last 17 days. And when candidates took the stage at Drake University in Des Moines for the seventh Democratic debate, the field that was once the most diverse in history was down to six white people, mostly men. It's not the race that it looked like when these Democrats first started coming to Iowa months ago. Candidates that came in with a lot of buzz and high expectations were gone. And the impeachment trial of President Trump has dragged the senators in the race back to Washington. They're having to leave a lot of the final push to their supporters, volunteers and surrogates, as Bernie Sanders pointed out in that last week. Today there was a poll that came out which had us leading by all of one point. One point. So this is going to be a very close election. My opponents are working very hard to try to win it. So I am here to ask for your support to help not just me, but us together. But Amy Klobuchar may have the most to lose. She needs a boost here in a way others don't. I had never envisioned when I started in the middle of that blizzard in the Mississippi River that I wouldn't be able to be here the last two weeks before the caucuses. That was not my plan. But things happen, and you have duties, and you have obligations. So I'm going to ask you to run for me. And now we're here. The Iowa caucuses are here. Candidates are making their closing arguments. But before people start showing up at their precinct caucuses, we want to ask how these strategies have paid off in this last year of campaigning and how this cycle has stacked up to previous ones, which we'll do after a quick break. Caucusland is sponsored by Cornell College and by Gravitate Coworking, providing flexible workspace for freelancers, remote workers, teams, or anyone sending emails from a couch or a coffee shop, including those in Iowa for the caucuses with premier co-working spaces in downtown Des Moines and Historic Valley Junction. Learn more at gravitatecoworking.com. If you're enjoying this episode of Caucusland, find more coverage of the campaign trail by downloading the IPR app. It only takes a minute. Click the App Store on your smartphone and search for Iowa Public Radio. Right now, Iowa lawmakers are at the state capitol for the 2020 legislative session, and Iowa Public Radio is there too. We're highlighting the action with our weekly podcast, Under the Golden Dome. Follow the session by subscribing to Under the Golden Dome wherever you listen to podcasts. If you've learned something today by listening to this episode, make a contribution now at iowapublicradio.org. It's your support that makes podcasts like Caucusland possible. This is Caucusland from Iowa Public Radio. I'm Kate Payne. I'm Clay Masters. If there's one reporter to talk about past caucus campaign cycles with, it's Kay Henderson. She's the news director for Radio Iowa. Henderson has covered caucus campaigns since the 1980s. As she says, this year feels different, like a new era. Iowa historically had winnowed candidates. If you didn't do well here, boy, the next day, you're out of the race. Asked Dick Gephardt in 2004. He didn't do well here, he dropped out. This time around, if Michael Bennett doesn't do well here, he's already camped out in New Hampshire. He's not going to drop out. 
if Amy Klobuchar does relatively well here, maybe finishes in the top four or five, she'll continue to New Hampshire. All the others that we've been mentioning, Sanders, Biden, Buttigieg, all have enough money to compete in New Hampshire. So who drops out after the Iowa caucuses? The other big thing out of this is we don't know who the winner will be or who else will be able to claim a victory out of February 3rd. Because remember, the Iowa Democrats will be releasing three different sets of data. That will tell us who had the most support when everybody showed up and walked in the room. We'll have this data that will show us um, who maybe um, benefited as the second choice of a lot of people and There'll be all, all other ways to, you know, bounce this data and have your spin on it if you're a candidate. Longtime former Des Moines Register political reporter David Yepsen has this old saying that there are three tickets out of Iowa. But Henderson says that might not hold up after 2020. But if you think about it, everybody has a ticket out because they can perhaps make an argument that I continue into New Hampshire. This time around, it's not really Iowa that's been winnowing the field. It's been the DNC debate qualifications, even before we got to the caucuses. And Henderson says there's always a big question about whether Iowa should stay first. What comes next really depends on who's in the Oval Office. If Donald Trump wins re-election, there really will be a debate among Democrats. Do we need to reorder the nominating process? If the winner of the Iowa caucuses winds up winning the general election. Um, they will want to keep the rules the way they were unless they were one of these folks that really had some reservations about the process um, heading into February 3rd. Even though the nature has kind of changed this cycle, Iowa will still be relevant. A winner will still be declared in this first contest. And Iowa has been the stage where it all played out. It's just a new era of how to interpret the results, which, of course, we won't know until it's done. But President Trump was in Des Moines just four days ahead of the caucuses, ready to run against whoever their nominee is going to be. And four years ago, his campaign was pretty disorganized. Not this time around. The Trump re-election campaign has a massive financial war chest. During the president's rally at Drake University, he didn't bring up the Republican caucuses, which will also take place. He doesn't face a significant threat from his GOP competitors. Instead, he focused his remarks on the general election. But the Democrats are trying to overturn the last election. We will make sure that they face another crushing defeat right in 2020. November 3rd. November 3rd, mark it off. November 3rd, mark it off. On the Democratic side, one candidate who will not be competing, John Delaney. The former Maryland congressman suspended his campaign just three days ahead of the caucuses. Delaney got into the race in 2017 and spent more time in Iowa than any other Democrat. This is the second to last episode of Caucus Land for the 2020 cycle. We'll have the results after the contest is over. See y'all on the other side. Caucus Land is produced by me, Kate Payne, Clay Masters, and John Pemble. Our music was composed by Garrett Schmidt and performed by Garrett and Aaron James. We also get help from our digital team, Matt Siren and Lindsay Moon. Our news director is Michael Leland. Our executive producer is Katherine Perkins. Subscribe to Caucus Land wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and share the show. Caucus Land is a production of Iowa Public Radio.